Hi, I'm Gianna Volpe, and thank you for listening to The Heart of the East End on WLIWFM, the show where we get to the heart of any matter at hand with folks from all walks of life on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. We stream online at WLIW.org radio and welcome your comments, questions, and collaborations of all kinds on The Heart of the East End. Live from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York, I'm Gianna Volpe with local news on Long Island's only NPR radio station. Governor Kathy Hochul announced yesterday that New York State Police are reporting a 104% increase in gun seizures this year. Statistics boosted by a months-long investigation that resulted in the recovery of a large cache of firearms and the arrest of multiple suspects who were involved in a gun trafficking ring. The successful investigation was conducted by the State Police Gun Trafficking Interdiction Unit. As reported in the Oneida Daily Dispatch, this substantial uptick in gun seizures is a direct result of strategic investments to support law enforcement initiatives that crack down on illegal firearms. The State Police Gun Trafficking Interdiction Unit, GTIU, was created last summer to target the trafficking of illegal guns in New York and conducts complex long-term investigations that focus on mitigating the source of supply. The goal of the GTIU, along with other law enforcement agencies who are partnering on investigations, is to reduce illegal gun possession and the violent crimes that often follow. Meanwhile, here in Southampton Village, Southampton Village officials are weighing their options to fill the police department's top job after just three people passed a recent chief exam, complicating the nearly year-long candidate search. Vera Chinese reports on Newsday.com that Southampton Village Mayor Jesse Warren said of the eight candidates who took the test administered by the Suffolk County Department of Human Resources, Personnel, and Civil Service on March 6, three passed. Uh, potentially narrowing the village's pool of candidates. The list could be deemed ineligible or broken if at least one of those candidates is not interested or eligible, which could open up other options for the village. He said, quote, what might seem at first glance as a very limited list, uh, it largely would be considered a broken list if any of those candidates are not reachable, Warren told Newsday on Wednesday. Then we would have more flexibility to appoint somebody provisionally or go back to the prior list, end quote. Civil service allows the village of Southampton to hire someone from the list, or if it is broken, the village could choose from another list of candidates who passed an exam administered for the West Hampton Beach Village Police Chief position in March of 2021. That list expires October 1st. The village also could appoint someone else provisionally after the West Hampton uh, Beach results expire or appoint someone who is serving as a chief uh, in a police department Elsewhere in the state outside of New York City, the board has not decided how it will act. Lieutenant Suzanne Hurtow has served as acting chief since former Chief Thomas Cummings, who collected a $248,342 salary in 2020, retired in September. The new chief's salary will be determined by their abilities and experience, Warren said. Hurtow, who Village Administrator Charlene Cagle-Betts confirmed took the March 6 test, is not on the list. Only the names of those who received a passing grade of 75 or higher are included. A Village Search Committee is screening candidates for the job, for which Southampton has received about 10 resumes, according to Warren. Uh, Southampton Village paid Cummings 
$774,000 for unused time when he left. At the time, Warren vowed the next chief's contract would not be so, quote, lopsided against the taxpayer, end quote. In other village news, uh, Mayor Warren says he has brokered a partial solution to allow Shinnecock Indian Nation members access to a popular village beach, but a tribal member advocating for access said, too little, too late. Mark Harrington reports on Newsday.com that Warren said this week he worked with a local nonprofit to pay for 100 passes so Shinnecock tribal members could park at uh, Cooper's Beach. Members would need to show a tribal ID card at the gate to get one of the free passes. The one-day passes are for Cooper's Beach only and would be given to the first tribal members who request them at the gate. If all passes aren't used, Warren said some would carry over into next year. The nonprofit wished to remain anonymous. Some 200 tribal members and their supporters rallied at the beach in July, asking the village to make parking free. Tila Landback Troj, oh, I like that they used Landback. Uh, Tila Troj, a Shinnecock tribal member uh, and attorney who advocates for tribal land rights issues, said the offer falls far short of any kind of solution we were attempting to reach, and it doesn't get to the heart of the issue of Southampton Village restricting our access. Warren noted, our beaches are public and anyone can use them, and the fees only apply to parking, which is uh, $50 a day or $500 for a seasonal pass. That's nothing to sneeze at. Shinnecock members in the Village Fire District can get a seasonal parking pass for $250. Village residents get three free parking passes to use at all village beaches, Warren said. The Shinnecock Reservation is not in the village of Southampton. And finally, one day after a fire at an unpermitted vacation rental home in Noyak left two sisters from Maryland dead, the head of town of Southampton Code Enforcement said he hopes the tragedy might serve as a cautionary tale. Quote, I think this tragic event really underscores the importance of following the process of legally renting and of making sure the proper safety inspections take place before renting. Uh, that's uh, Ryan Murphy, Southampton Director of Code Compliance and Emergency uh, Management, adding maybe renters will ask questions about permits and safety inspections to make sure they're protected too. John Valenti reports on Newsday.com that the probe into the fire's cause and whether any code violations were connected to the blaze is still incomplete. Uh, valid renters' permits require a safety inspection, either by the town or a private licensed service. Southampton Town Police said Jillian and Lindsay Weiner, 21-19, died as a result of the fire that swept through the rental at Three Springs Lane in Noyak early Wednesday morning. The two were members of a family of five from Potomac, uh, Maryland, who friends said rented the house for a week using an online service. Officials have not verified which service was used to rent the house. Lewis Weiner, 60, wife Elisa, 52, and their son Zachary, 23, all escaped the burning home. Murphy said on average there are between 3,500 and 4,000 uh, permitted rentals in the town of Southampton. He said one hard and fast rule for rentals, whether a year-round residence or seasonal summer rental, is that the permit process requires a mandatory safety inspection and that all properties require a minimum 14-day stay. Single night and short-stay rentals are not permitted. Reading the weather in Sag Harbor, where Ruby Jackson's work can be seen at the John Germain Memorial Library until this Monday. Looking like a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms after 11. Uh, partly sunny today with a high near 88. 
degrees heat index values as high as 95 as a heat advisory continues through today. Southwest wind 3 to 7 miles per hour. Tonight, a 30% chance of shower and uh, thunderstorms, mainly between 11 p.m. and 2 a.m., mostly cloudy tonight with a low around 74 degrees. Southwest wind 3 to 5 miles per hour. Right now, it's 76 degrees. This morning's playlist planned around Two tracks from the local band Faces and Ages as John Schott joins us for the Hot Sound segment at the bottom of the next hour ahead of this weekend's Epic Skate Fest tomorrow in Greenport. Ruby Jackson joins us for the Friday morning tea at the bottom of this hour. Beyonce, Post Malone, and Red Hot Chili Peppers getting us there. I'm Gianna Volpe and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to WLIWFM NPR Radio.
Chili Peppers leading us to the bottom of the nine o'clock hour on Friday, just after midnight. If you're listening to the replay, and that means it's time for our Friday morning tea, and I am so excited to be sharing it with the one and only Ruby Jackson, whose work you can see at the John Memorial Library through this weekend. Good morning, Ruby. Oh, good morning, Gianna. How are you? Oh my gosh, I am so, so much better now that I know that you're on the other end of the line here. It was so great to see you at the Arts Center um, last weekend. My God, it's great to see you and your incredibly beautiful baby. Oh my gosh. I'm just thrilled and stunned and so happy for you all. She's fabulous. Speaking of stunned, really that's fabulous. that's that's how I felt when I opened and I got the hand-knit blanket that you sent us, as well as the card. Oh. Now, I, cu- I ended up cutting the flower out of, the, uh, you know, that it was in the card and putting it in this collage in the baby book. And then after I saw uh, your work, y- your husband, Alan, posting pictures from uh, your solo show at John Germain, I was like, wow, I, I regret that decision. I wish I had kept the work whole. So to tell us everything. Tell us, uh, first of all, about uh, 
when I'm you started. Make you another when, one, stop Diana. it. Stop. I'll make another one for you. This woman but, right here, there is none other like her. Heart as pure as the day is long. Funny as all get out. Uh, was one of the raconteurs uh, with with me at SAC uh, as well. So so tell us everything about starting your work, uh, how, how you became an artist. Well, I became an artist when I was a very little girl and actually being very lonely. I understand. Which is a lot of, way a lot of artists start. Yeah. You, my mother would say, when I'd say, Ma, I have nobody to play with, she'd say, <gasps> learn to play alone. Oh, my gosh. And I think, oh, child said that to me. I'd jump in and say, I'll play with you. But I learned to play alone. And mercifully, luckily, I, this talent came through me to draw and make things. And it was something that's been with me through my whole life. And it's a gift in, in many, many, in all ways. Yes. And so this show at John Germain Library in Sag Harbor... I can't say enough good things about this library, a gem, a total gem in our community. Everybody that works there, dedicated, warm, wonderful. And they offered me a show in the whole building. It's my first one-person show, and I'm almost 73. And this is the work of, oh, the last 15 years or so. And there's a great variety because I love to just play with materials. So I'll see a piece of clay. I'll just start mushing it around, and I'll say, oh, that looks like a bowl, and go on with that just in a spirit of play, not knowing where it's taking me, which is the fun part of it all. Right. And so I've got works here that are made by from glitter glue, mobiles that just roll and flow gently in the breeze, emulating the underwater, which was a great obsession of mine for years. All the creatures underwater is still an obsession. Same, same here. And these glitter glue, very light pieces, just flow as if they were underwater. Then there's colored paper. I colored the paper myself because I was not finding the intensity of color I wanted anywhere. So these are hand-colored, folded paper. You colored these? I'm looking. Called. So I'm I'm looking at one right now, and it's funny because you, you're you're mentioning underwater. And when I look at the one that I'm seeing, it looks like when you look down upon a koi pond, and you see yeah. the fish swimming swimming through. Yes, that's good. That that's the feeling that I was channeling. What other, what other word can I say? And it is still any time I see anything about the creatures underwater. Ninety five percent of the oceans are unexplored, right. and they're getting dirtier and dirtier. But that's another program we'll do someday. Um, the other work in the show are miniatures, clay miniatures of food and forests, and they're made with polymer clay, sculpty, in what you might call dioramas. But they're very intriguing, they're fun to look at, and I must say people of all ages 
like my work. Even little kids, there's something to see, and it's not what you're going to find on every street corner. Yes. So over the years, it's been very unique. I didn't go to art school until I was 38 years old just because I needed to earn a living. I wasn't doing it as an artist. Right. But the the quest, the journey, it goes on, and I'm honored to 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 be able to do it. What, where did and you? And I'm so honored when people look at it and respond and say, "Oh, this makes me happy. Oh, this is just what we need now." Right. That is thrilling to me. That's my goal. I totally understand that. I remember Ed German saying something. Uh, when it came to listeners uh, saying something about the show, he said, uh, that's like a paycheck, G. And, and, it, and it truly oh, is. I'm looking at uh, one... a treat to meet him. <laughs> oh, isn't he wonderful? I, I never met him. Wonderful man, wonderful man. And has given us so much in his great programming over yes. these years. Yes. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so grateful to hear you, you say that. I'm, I have a couple questions, one of which is, uh, where did you go to art school? So I didn't go until I was 38 years old, but I would take drawing classes or studio classes or uh, learn something, for instance, from Giorgio Spaventi, how to cast in plaster. So I was very self-taught for many years, and then I went to art school uh, to Southampton, Long Island University, as a part-time what they called non-traditional student. Non-traditional because I was 20 years older than everybody else. But that didn't matter. Yeah. It was a wonderful school, fabulous teachers, Roy Nicholson, many great influences, Bob Munford, the late great. And it was what kept me involved. I wouldn't have been able to do art. Earning a living is so hard. Yes. It takes too much time. You need a lot of money to be poor. <laughs> so it's a hard time for artists. I love I love you, Ruby. You know, and, and I, I hope oh, that so- I hope that your interview uh inspires someone to take take a class, uh go back to school in in some way. Um and I just wanted to return to the beginning uh, of our interview because uh first of all i would have been your friend for sure i was definitely just like you and looking for someone but you know what's interesting is uh that your mother your you the the lesson of learn to play alone even though it's it's sad when you consider the context of a lonely child is the the number one most important lesson next to learning to play with others is learning how to play alone. Uh, because especially as you get older, that's the big one. Uh, you need to be your own yes. best friend. Oh, yes. That's so true, Gianna. It really is. It's uh, We're always with ourselves, mm-hmm. and we're the ones we have to feel right about and mm-hmm. take that time to ask yourself questions and feel your life and... Oh, it's a process. It's it a is. real process. It sure, it sure and is. You're doing so beautifully, raising your fabulous little girl, doing a great show. You 
reach out to people with your warmth and love, and you're doing it. I'm gonna, it is inspiring. Now, now I'll, I'll, I'll answer with a lesson from my mom. She said, when someone comes, just say thank you, G. Just, just say, just say. No. <laughs> Before I let you go, I, I got to know, uh, is this work for sale? This is the final weekend to see your, your yes. solo show at John Germain. Tell us everything. It is, it is definitely for sale and, uh, it benefits me and the library. I love that. So I'm so thrilled and pleased because we all benefit and, um, yes, please get there. The library is 201 Main Street, Sac Harbor, John Germain Memorial Library. They're open seven days a week and, do drop in. They are fabulous and see the show and I hope it brings you joy. It already has brought me joy. I'm Gianna Volpe. That's the one and only Ruby Jackson. This is the revivalist other side of paradise from the Take Good Care record. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you just heard the Friday morning tea underwritten by Village Overhead Doors right here on Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Side of paradise, free from. Con- 
We'll be breaking on through to the other side with the doors to Glass Animals, the other side of Paradise. But first, this side of Paradise from Coyote Theory's Color EP. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
Glass Animals on WLIWFM. Seven minutes before the NPR news break and the local news update, hopping back one decade. These den's very own Caroline Doctorow on WLIWFM.
Caroline, Dr. O, and WFM hopping over Mike Ryan's other side of the radio and the strokes on the other side. Leading you into the NPR news break with KT Tunstall. Sounds a little like Casey Musgraves. This is Other Side of the World from the 2004 record Eye to the Telescope. With Long Island local news, I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM. The Riverhead Town Board this week authorized the $20 million purchase of the Peconic Bay Medical Center's Second Street campus for use as a new town hall. Denise Civiletti reports on RiverheadLocal.com that the board also authorized borrowing in the amount of $21.5 million, $20 million to cover the purchase and $1.5 million to cover costs of improvements and renovations at the new site. The purchase includes a three-story, 36,000-square-foot office building, a two-story office building, a bank branch occupied by People's United Bank, and a two-story wood frame house that has been converted to office space. It also includes a large parking lot on the corner of Railroad and Roanoke Avenues, which has more than 160 spaces and would provide additional municipal parking 
in the downtown area. Town board members say they plan to relocate offices from the current town hall at 200 Howell Avenue, as well as town offices located in other buildings, including the building and planning and accounting departments and the town historian's office. The move will allow the town justice court to be relocated to the current town hall from the cramped building it shares with the Riverhead Police Department next door to town hall. The costs of renovating the current town hall as a court facility and renovating the current police and court building for use by the police department alone is not included in the $1.5 million bond. The purchase and bond issuance are subject to a permissive referendum under state law, meaning new resolutions adopted this past Tuesday will not take effect until 30 days after adoption or if a petition is filed until after the action is approved by voters. Further east, the double yellow stripes running up and down Town Line Road make up the official dividing line between the hamlet of Wainscott and the village of Sagaponic in East Hampton and Southampton towns, respectively. But where it divides, it will also now unite, albeit in the wake of a tragedy. On June 30th, an 11-year-old boy riding his bicycle on Town Line Road was struck and killed by a pickup truck backing out of a job site south of Montauk Highway. Christine Sampson in the East Hampton Star reports that Sagaponic Mayor Bill Tillotson and East Hampton Town Supervisor Peter Van Skoyak agree that it's time something is done about dangerous traffic conditions in the area, not just on town line, but connecting roads as well. Before another disaster occurs, local lanes were simply not meant to handle the enormous volume of vehicles using them right now, the two officials said this week in separate interviews with the Star. During Tuesday's East Hampton Town Board work session, Supervisor Van Skoyak suggested adding additional stop lines, uh, stop signs, excuse me, where Town Line Road meets uh, such side streets as Wainscott Main, Daniels Lane, Hedges Lane, and Parson- Parsonage Lane, excuse me. Town code requires a public hearing each time a stop sign is considered, though the board stopped short, uh, uh, just short of scheduling such hearings. Councilwoman Kathy Burke Gonzalez said she wanted to First, hear from the Wainscott Citizens Advisory Committee, which is to meet tomorrow. Sagaponic is taking safety improvements a few steps further. A sidewalk is being proposed for the village's side of Town Line Road, as is a turnaround at the Beach Road end so that emergency vehicles can more easily navigate it. Sagaponic will also direct property owners to get rid of anti-parking devices such as sticks and stones that extend into the public right-of-way and landscaping that infringes on town-owned, uh, village-owned strips as well, excuse me. Psychoponic is also instituting a new policy for construction sites. Commercial vehicles cannot be backed uh, out from driveways. If it cannot be avoided, then a spotter must be stationed in the road to help the driver safely back out. Sagaponic has also asked East Hampton to consider restricting parallel parking along its side of Town Line Road. Currently, holders of town beach passes can park there almost all the way to Wainscott Main Street. And finally, PSEG Long Island and Stop and Shop are teaming up again this summer to collect food for Island Harvest Food Bank and will be collecting food donations at the Riverhead Stop and Shop today from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Denise Civiletti reports on RiverheadLocal.com that the second annual Power to Feed Long Island summer-long food drive started with a collection July 1st in Massapequa and consists of six collections at Stop and Shop supermarkets in Nassau and Suffolk counties, including today's event in Riverhead again at Stop and Shop from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Food insecurity affects more Long Island families 
then people may realize, in fact, hundreds of thousands of Long Island families struggle with hunger and food insecurity throughout the year. But the struggle grows more acute during the summer months when there is a significant reduction in food donations to local food banks, pantries, and programs, PSEG said. And that is a total bummer because there are more people out here during the summer months, so that ought not be. Uh, compounding the issue, children are not in school where they can receive free and reduced cost breakfast and lunch. In addition, the pandemic and increased inflation rate have further strained local food pantries and emergency feeding programs served by Island Harvest. The food bank said, reading the weather in Greenport in honor of tomorrow's Skate Fest fundraiser, looking like a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms afternoon, otherwise mostly cloudy today with a high near 89 degrees. There is a heat advisory in effect through the day. Southwest wind around 6 miles per hour tonight, a 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms mainly between midnight and 3 a.m., mostly cloudy otherwise with low around 74 degrees. South wind around 6 miles per hour becoming calm in the evening. Right now it's 77 degrees. Uh, let's see where we're going to go. How do I say this? Do I say ZA or S-Z-A? And Justin Timberlake's The Other Side from 2020, um, Ryan Bingham, Conan Gray, and maybe some Whiskey Myers ahead of Faces and Ages. John Schott joining us at the bottom of the hour for the Hot Sounds segment, underwritten by Sag Harper Cinema. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to WLIWFM NPR Radio. You're preaching to the choir, stop letting all yourself quit playing with your mind, you're spinning. If you think that I'm a liar, just try it for yourself. Cause clowns will open up, blue skies are willing. Yeah, I know it's so hard to throw away. Cause clowns will open up, blue skies are willing. Back on your feet again. 
Sticking that Whiskey Myers Other Side track in my back pocket. But you can find the playlist on the WLIWFM website. Look for the Heart of the East End program page on WLIW.org slash radio. Every time I turn around a mail trying to get me down, I just can't see your face. I'm blinded by the sun, living on a run, and I can't remember this place. Won't you take me to the other side? Let me go where I'm high. Won't you take me to the other side? I put it my mind on a wheel, won't you let me ride? I better slow down my boy red, driving on the rivers edge. My mama says I come back home. But I can't keep them running fast, burning up the years, grass on Uncle Sam's third road. Won't you take me to the other side? Let me go where I'm high Won't you take me to the other side I put a mama on the wheel Won't you let me Ryan Bingham and Conan Gray. John Schott joins us in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. I'll keep on staring at the clock, trying to pass time in my life. It flies by faster than you could say I love you goodbye. It's almost over, you savor the sigh Will all eyes be better when we make it to the other side?
Strap your seatbelts, uh, or strap yourself into your seat, whatever. Faces and Ages, a local band. We've all had those bad days. This is Other Side on WLIWFM.
Faces and ages on WLIWFM, all about the message of holding on here on the heart and very grateful to Faces and Ages' own John Schott for joining us here on the Hot Sounds segment underwritten by Sag Harbor Cinema. Good morning, John. Good morning, Gianna. Good morning, everyone out there. How are you doing today? We're so happy that you're on the line with us and grateful to have you guys uh, uh playing tomorrow at the Skate Fest fundraiser. There's so much to talk about. Let's let's start with the band. So this is my sort of introduction to Faces and Ages. So tell me everything about the band uh, coming together, playing, uh, and recording. So um, so Faces and Ages, um, so first of all, I've been, I've been in and out of bands like my whole life, you know, started playing drums. I'm really a drummer dominantly a drummer i started playing when i was seven years old and um then we you know we were kind of like in our teenage years um at my house uh where i grew up we had a barn out back and it was kind of like the center of you know music in greenport everyone nice. came over we had our you know our little thing going um a couple of guys i grew up with we just started playing instruments and we just started doing cover songs. Then we started our own band. Our first band was called Hardcore and Betty. 